Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with Science and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We'll just take it into the new year, then, then we'll put it, uh, then it's time for it to um, go to bear, hibernate for till next winter. Makes me happy. I'm glad you like it. Maybe we should run it by a couple focus groups to see how the listeners are liking Polka it. from Pennsylvania. Exactly. How fun. All right, Alice. So, you know, I wanted to, to, to veer around today because a lot of the news is repetitive, unfortunately. And we touched yesterday on the, on the fact that the administration is now pivoted. They are now, um, they're different. They're doing different COVID stuff now. And it's not the feds that can deal with the states. It seems like they're trying to put a button on this and, um, and move on to other things. Because COVID has not been good for the administration. So he is now adopting the general policy, generally, generally uh, more of the DeSantis policy, which is not which is not unwise, actually, considering it's going to be election season at some point. Oh, uh, well, yeah, but the problem is that half their party is now psychologically damaged yeah. by COVID and, like, needs there to be COVID restrictions or they freak out. Correct. So, which is why I'll just go through a couple. We're not going to do much on this stuff today. I can't. I can't do it again. I can't do it again, Alice. I'm so freaking sick of this. I'm sick of it. Um. So here's um. Here's um. Here's just a few cuts with Fauci and Jim Acosta. Uh, let's begin with these new CDC guidelines. Uh, why is the CDC now changing these? Uh, recommended uh, isolation times for people who test positive for the virus uh, but don't have s- symptoms. I, gu- I guess the simple question is why now? Well, the reason is that with the, with the sheer volume of new cases that we are having and that we expect to continue with Omicron, one of the things we want to be careful of is that we don't have so many people out 
I mean, obviously, if you have symptoms, you should not be out. But if you are asymptomatic and you are infected, we want to get people back to the jobs, particularly those. So there's the new Secretary of Labor, Anthony Fauci. <laughs> Suddenly, I mean, didn't they spend a lot of time telling us that asymptomatic people were the dangerous ones? I guess so, Alice. They tell us a lot of stuff. But now it's all about jobs. Uh, four, or three little words, J-O-B-S. It just makes sense. If you keep them out for five days, keep them isolated for five days, then get them back doing their job, doing their work, keeping a mask on to protecting themselves from, from infecting other individuals. So I don't think it's confusing. I think it's a rather crisp recommendation. He thinks it's a rather crisp recommendation. It he said, so uh, giving us an... Uh, not Chris recommendation, Chris re- recommendation. But you know what's funny is that suddenly it's a new crisp recommendation. Cute branding by Fauci, if he does say so himself. Now the job market is now factored into the science. Isn't that interesting? Where a year and a half ago, Black Lives Matter was factored into the science. Now the job market suddenly is factored. It seems to me you're diluting the science. There is either a dangerous pandemic that's deadly and killy and killy and killy and killy, or there is not. But no. So now you've got this guy Fauci. Biden should be talking about the job market. Shouldn't be this guy. What is this guy doing? Right. And I mean, it's just funny because conservatives have obviously been complaining for a while now that like the teachers unions wrote the returning to school guidelines, not the scientists. Mm -hmm. And like now the lefties, like as I was sorting through to try and find audio of this and stuff. And, like, there's a ton of people on the internet who are super mad about this, like, lefties who are really mad about this. They all have, like, rose emojis, socialist Twitter profiles and pronouns and whatever. And they're, like, freaking out because they're, like, they're letting the CEO of Delta write the guidelines. And, like, one particularly funny comment I love somebody made on Twitter. They were, like, CDC says now the how long you should quarantine is about how long your boss says you can stay out of work. <laughs> like, and it's, like, they've just discovered that the science politicians follow is actually just based on whatever special interest group they think they need to listen to this week and has nothing to do with like they're not going to the white coats laboratory right. people to check on this stuff they're just like asking the but, people uh, in the cabinet right. what they think they should do of course and, and just to, to the media aspect of this with fauci uh, let's begin with these new cdc guidelines uh why is the cdc now changing the you notice how much deference is given to fauci you know, just explain this away for me, if you don't mind, in a way that we'll understand. It's not critical at all. Right. He's not, you know, put this to bed for me. Just tell me anything you say here is not going to be challenged. It's remarkable. Well, and Fauci's happy to speak on all these issues, oh, yeah. even though he is not happy. Like, if somebody's like, how come we had no, you know, stockpiles of masks and ventilators in case of emergency? He's like, well, that wasn't my response. I wasn't in charge of that. But he also doesn't run the CDC. So, you know, he's happy to talk about CDC guidelines if it's getting him invited on the talk shows. To oh, absolutely. Questions. But if somebody asks him a question... You know, where he has to take responsibility for a bad decision one of these departments made. He all of a sudden has absolutely nothing to do with him, and I'm not in charge of that. The only mm-hmm. thing I did was personally make vaccines right, available. Right. Like, so that's that's one thing. Now, and when and this gets pretty good because it gets into territory here where Fauci has to take a hit, and and you'll see still a, a cost. Normally, if you're being a reporter here, 
or even a good host, you would find an opening when somebody gives you, when somebody is, uh, you know, being candid with you and, uh, you know, is caught reversing themselves on you. You go after that, right? They're not going to mm-hmm. go after that, but it still is interesting to see this uh, fender bender happen. Quite frankly, we don't have enough tests at this particular point in time to get everybody uniformly have the availability of testing. That what, will change considerably as we get into January. Well, right yeah. now, what, I mean, if you, you can't just find keep test, trying. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I, Jim, you can't do the impossible. If you can't find it, you can't right. find it. You just keep trying and doing your best. The just keep trying uh, phase of handling the Sorry pandemic. you have no tests. Not like the Biden administration told the experts to pound sand when they mm-hmm. came to them and wanted to put out a plan to have tests available back in October. Seems like that would have been a story, but no. Well, right. you know, but, We'll but, leave that for Vanity Fair to report on because right. CNN has nothing better to do. But, but now it's... Right now... Fauci, who makes $417,000 a year, has the same level of quality advice that Tom Shattuck and Alice Shattuck have. As a matter of fact, that the Shattuck children have and that Pepper has. I don't know, just keep trying. Do your best. Yeah. I don't, but there's no stuff that, yeah, sorry. But I guess the point is, is that, you know, here we are, you know, we're almost, uh, we've almost lapped a year two. Should it be that way? No, it shouldn't, Jim, but it is. So we have to deal with it and we have to make it better. And that's what the president was talking about when he said we're going to make 500 million tests available in the first couple of weeks in January. Well, that's great, except for all the traveling already happened. Everybody saw each other this week. But once again. But I guess the point is, is that, you know, here we are, you know, we're almost uh, we've almost lapped a year two. Should it be that way? No, it shouldn't, Jim, but it is. So. That's what somebody <laughs> who's never had to be accountable for anything says. In the private sector, if you're coughing it up, yeah, we failed totally on the test, we didn't do it, and you've had a documentary made about yourself, which you've <laughs> given your time to in the same year, then they say, okay, that's fired. But now you need to take your possessions and put them in a box and walk out of the building, because that's it. But no, it shouldn't. Yep, yeah, but, uh, but that's but what it also, is. But also, like... It is what it is. Biden at least has the excuse, and I don't think it's... a particularly compelling excuse but he at least can say like oh well i haven't even been the president in a year and trump left us a mess i mean like i think that's lies and bs and wrong and i think he's made stuff that trump had under control worse but you know he can at least say that credibly like you know oh we haven't even been at this year like i the we were left a mess by Trump, blah, blah, blah. Fauci's been there the whole time. Mm-hmm. He's the Trump Fauci and he's the Biden Fauci. So there's no, yeah, we should have more. It's, you know, he doesn't have that excuse to fall back on where he can say the last guy, because he's the last guy too. Right. <laughs> so there's no, so I don't understand why we're still treating him as though he has any credibility on this. Like, you know, Biden can be like, we're behind the eight ball. We should have been able to get further ahead on this. But like Fauci is the only, that's, he's the only person who's been there in his position this whole time for like decades and decades and decades. So there's no possible, like we weren't prepared for this. I mean, he was saying to Margaret Brennan the other day that he's been like having nightmares about this scenario for years. Well, if that's the case, then why weren't we better prepared for this scenario? And you say, Alice, that he doesn't run the CDC and I understand he doesn't, but he is in charge of the COVID task force. Right. And has been for two years, like you said. Well, task force... 
Task force are especially set set up to make sure things like this get done. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, my point saying he doesn't run the CDC wasn't to say that he's not responsible because mm-hmm. he does run the COVID task force, as you point out. My point is that he just pulls that out of his hat when he's asked a question for something he doesn't want to be responsible for. But if it's getting him invited on shows, he's happy to talk about things the CDC is doing all day long. But it's just funny to me because, you know, you like see pandemic disaster movies or really any disaster movie mm-hmm. and you have like the the science hero who's trying to warn the inefficient bureaucrats like what's going on and he's not getting listened to and like but and um Fauci is now after the fact trying to pretend that he's that guy who's like been warning this would happen mm. when he's actually the bureaucrat who's been there the whole time Yes, no, he's... Which is he's, what's so incredible about this narrative. He's, he's Goldblum in Jurassic Park if he's lobbying with the old man. Right. Saying, hey, no, this is wonderful. Absolutely, this is important to duplicate animals now. It's absolutely... I don't see any possible risk. That's... Yeah, he's, but now he's writing the story of his life and playing the Goldblum character, and... Yes. That's not... It's not what happened. You're the other one. You're the one who said it was fine and going great. It would be great if we had it right now. But unfortunately, we don't. Okay. Can anything be done? No. <laughs> no. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Just have the old man say it's up to the states again. We tried. You know, we tried. Sorry, guys. I think they should disband the task force. Just get rid of them. I mean, what are we doing now? Well, and it's so incredible in the face of, and I, I mean, like, I tend to agree that it should be left up to the states pretty much to do what they want in this, because I don't think there's a lot the federal government can do to stop a virus from spreading. Like, I just I don't think there's much that they can do. But the point is that Joe Biden was elected specifically denigrating that point of view and saying that Trump should have been doing more and that he, Joe Biden, I alone can fix it, could, was going to shut down the virus. Right. And that Trump was supposed to be doing something else. So the fact that he's now saying this is a vindication of Trump. It's saying now, well, Trump was right. Not only is it that, Alice, but it's a condemnation or it's an indictment of their own messaging, Alice, from literally. What is this? The 28th? Mm -hmm. Literally just nine days ago. This is what they were saying. For unvaccinated. We are looking at a winter of severe illness and death for unvaccinated, for themselves, their families, and the hospital will soon overwhelm. Here's the, his, the Jeff Zients guy from the COVID task force. For the unvaccinated, you're looking at a winter of severe illness and death for yourselves, your families, and the hospitals you may soon overwhelm. So if we're looking at it if for the unvaccinated, for severe illness and death could be happening... Well, then the vaccinated want to make sure that they are not carrying the coronavirus in any strain, so they need to test themselves, or else they're going to face a winter of severe illness and death in crowding the hospitals. So the vaccinated run to get tests to save the unvaccinated grandma or grandpa who listens to Tucker Carlson (laughs) um, because they got this horrible, dark message. For the unvaccinated, you're looking at a winter of severe illness and death. For your- They made the COVID-19 task force say those words, Alice. Say those words. Mm-hmm. Alice, look at me. Say those I'm words. Looking. What are you looking at over there? I was just pulling on my thing about the Omicron estimates that I was telling you about Okay, earlier. I just want to make sure. that comes up, I just want to be ready okay. to speak on that. I just want to make That's sure, because I was engaging with you. you know, okay, engaging. well, I'm tr- also trying to I make the show the- go at the same time. I didn't know. <laughs> 
Thank you for making the show go, Alice. Um, I, my, my point is, and this is why I was trying to get your attention here, is that they emphasized, they used, they used, they laundered their ominous message through the healthcare professionals to scare and startle us into action. Mm-hmm. Some of the action that, of course, is going to be taken is that people are going to say, if are the unvaccinated, Uncle Bill is looking at severe illness and death, and we're going to see them for Christmas, then we need to get tests. Well, these people who are happy to be used to launder a political message mm-hmm. never did any of the due diligence to make sure that the key, the main driver action item for pe- people to do getting a test mm-hmm. was taken care of it's such freaking malpractice i don't even know where to start we had a a uh whatever this is called what's this thing called that's the air that blows through the house now central ac central air yeah we had central a- air installed in this house half of it doesn't really work okay that is not acceptable but in this case None of the central air is working. That's really not acceptable. Our central air works. No, I'm talking about, I'm just making a, I'm saying it's a it's a parallel. Okay. With this. Go ahead to what you were reading that you our were using air, to make the show go. Our central air works just fine. Okay, Alice. I, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't really super rapidly in a nanosecond change the subject of the show to <laughs> well, i feel insulted okay. that you would say that okay go ahead <sighs> yeah no they just have not uh made the testing thing work which people have been saying for a really long time this was always sort of the libertarian case for how you could make covid go away instead of lockdowns and stuff was always making tests available to people and this i mean people have been saying this for a year and a half now so this was not and a new plan that somebody came up with and what makes tests different than every other aspect of the coronavirus i don't know they're not politicized right trump people will take the tests Maybe Biden people will take the tests. I know people who. Well, won't. well, the people who believe that we're getting microchipped won't take the te- test. I, but but people will generally take the test without feeling like they've caved into a false narrative right. or a test. Even people who know that one of the tests is fifty percent accurate, whatever it is, who cares? Well, right, especially if you don't have government employees calling you based on your test result. If it's just a test that you can do at home and not have to send away somewhere where it doesn't get reported to somebody, and you have you know government covid tracers calling you and asking you who your close contacts are so they can call them like that's why i wouldn't take any of the tests in a lab like i don't want to go to a clinic and get a test for that reason like i would never because i don't want some hack from the state of massachusetts calling me up and you know telling me what to do i i would never I would not get COVID tested, but I could envision myself if they weren't absurdly expensive doing the just strips at home where you can find out if you have it or not. Yeah, it would be interesting. Wouldn't it have been interesting had we had them for the last nine months to to know? It Um, would be good to know. Just anytime we felt sick, just to say, huh, I wonder if this is COVID. Yeah, or I might, you know, if like our pediatrician's office tries to get me to get the kids vaccinated, I might ask for them to have an antibody test done to see if they have COVID antibodies already, Mm -hmm. like if they've already had it. I could see that, but I just wouldn't like, 
Yeah, the tests, there are more conservatives, certainly, who would take a test, an at-home test where the results are private than would go out and get the vaccine. Um, That being said, it's seeming to me like everyone's going to get COVID at this point. Mm -hmm. Like, this week especially, like, everyone has gotten COVID. Does it not seem like that? Uh, Yeah, it seems like that. It seems like literally everybody has COVID now. And so... It's interesting. I have been telling you the other day, like virtually all the cases right now that they're seeing are Omicron. But as it turns out, that's not true. So the uh, CDC, in their wisdom, they release these estimates of like what's circulating. So when you get a COVID test, they don't tell you like, oh, you have Delta, oh, you have Omicron, whatever. Mm -hmm. But all the places that are testing for COVID will just send in a sampling of the tests that they've gotten into the CDC and the CDC will report on like what percent of them are what variants, right? But it's not, they're not testing every single one. But now the CDC was saying that last week, 73% of the COVID cases were Omicron, but now it turns out that that's not true. They've revised down that number and only 23% of the cases last week were Omicron and 70 whatever percent were Delta. It was almost all Delta. This is massively different than we've been hearing. That's really different. So Omicron is rising quickly. And so like this week, we're at uh, 58% Omicron. So it did go from like nothing to 23% to now this week, 58%, like in just a couple weeks. So it is rising very rapidly, but most places in the U.S. are not seeing Omicron dominant yet, right? Um, So it is spreading rapidly and it is going to be dominant. It is dominant in like the New York, New Jersey area for sure. So all the people, like I know several people in New Jersey that have gotten covid you in the last couple weeks yeah like from my work and stuff oh. but so i know like a few people that have gotten covid in new jersey this week but like so those places it, it probably is more than likely omicron but i mean how can you conclude anything if they're going to revise the numbers that much in the course of a week and say like oops got it wrong we thought it was 73 percent. it's actually 23 percent. i mean that's not really close to each other yeah, that's... <laughs> I don't but, get but, how so, they could be that wrong, and I haven't seen. Well, an so does that mean that Omicron, which is the super, the super, um, the super spready version, is that mean that Omicron is not as spready, or it ha- is hasn't arrived yet in force? Uh, I haven't seen. I would hesitate to speculate because i have not seen an explanation for why it was revised that much right i mean and like based on now the revised numbers it does still appear that it's rising rapidly we know from other places in the world it does like outcompete delta in the cases you know so these things crowd each other out you don't have just as much delta and then you add the omicron in it's like the the omicron crowds out delta right same like we saw covid basically crowded out flu last year right and mm-hmm. that i mean it could happen again this year i don't i haven't seen flu case numbers i haven't even looked at that to be honest with you but you know it could happen again what this is year. that we're hearing pepper oh snoring snoring okay. over there. <laughs> um but 
Yeah, I mean, it, the key thing, and, and also the hospitalization numbers. So we're seeing like hospitalization numbers for COVID go up. They're seeing a big rise in Florida. They're seeing a big rise in COVID hospitalizations among kids. But, and I'm seeing, this is not like a conspiracy theory. Mainstream people are saying this, like Dr. Paul Offit, who's like a very famous pediatric, whatever he is, doctor. Um, you know, he's pro-vaccine. He's mainstream. He's saying that why we're <laughs> seeing these hospitalizations go up is not because people are being hospitalized with COVID. We're seeing hospitalizations go up because hospitals are testing every single person who comes into the hospital for every reason for COVID. And some of those people have COVID and have no symptoms. So there was just a big story on like, Florida is seeing an alarming rise in COVID hospitalizations. Well, no, they're seeing a rise in people who are checking into the hospital testing positive for COVID. But many of them didn't even know they had COVID and they have no symptoms at all. And it's completely unrelated to whatever other issues that they're dealing with. I wish we did have tests. It'd be interesting to know if we had COVID right now because the kids are all sick. Yeah, I have a scratchy throat and our kids are sniffling. So it's possible we could have COVID right now. I don't know. But yeah, I, I mean, I'm not worried at this point at, about getting serious COVID. Um, uh, you know, what? I, I, so it's interesting to me that... People in the cities, people in the big urban areas, the mm -hmm. people in the coastal cities. Cities, Alice, at least... I understand that the people... Alice is drinking right now. She's trying to hide it from me. I understand that, um, that you know, country... People from the country, I understand there's hard work in the country. And, uh, and, uh, and people... You know, you know where my dad was from in Vermont. There's a lot of tough, hardworking people there. They farmed. They were up early. They did all sorts of stuff, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Um, but the city makes you hard in a different way. It makes you street smart. It it makes you ready for a grift. Usually, mm -hmm. it trains you to be tough, to be un, to be. To um, be untrustworthy, uh, not untrustworthy, uh, distrustful. Mm -hmm. It puts you on guard. You, when you work and live in a city, you know, you start to see things and patterns. You start, mm -hmm. you know, who the con men are and the the dude who needs a dollar fifty nine to get the train to Worcester and he's in between jobs. You know, you start to see the patterns and you see you deal with you know drunk people coming out of a bar. Maybe drunk people try to start with you. As a woman, you you know when a guy's you know coming over to to try to to, uh, to, to either feel you up or work on you, you know, the, the, you know, the, you, in the city, is, is, there's so much interaction. There's so many grifters and so many, you know, drunks and drug people and people of uh, low morals. Not the, It's just because of the sheer numbers that you learn how to be, to live with your wits. You know, you learn. You learn to suspect that the dude over there who's kind of looking at you as you're going to walk by is going to be approaching you and you t change course, etc. You don't want any problem. You just learn. You learn certain survival methods in the city. You don't say hi to people in the city, most cities, or at least in the Northeast, you know, because <clears throat> the cost-benefit of engaging just nah, no good, you know. So you learn how to survive city in a city way. <clears throat> mostly. So then I look at this, and I'm looking at a tweet from Chris Siliza. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. He's the boss. He's the honcho of news department, hard news at CNN. And this is what he writes on Twitter. Okay. So he's soliciting advice. He's got a, a bleep load of followers. He's got over half a million, 644,000 followers. So this tweet is going to make it a lot globally big. Mm-hmm. He says, dear actual doctors of Twitter, been invited to a bowling alley for New Year's Eve. Masks most of the time, but not while eating. Yes or no? <laughs> Who needs their hand held like this? Well, not only is he an adult, and sorry, Alice, I don't mean to insult you, a male, but also a guy who has traveled a little bit, a guy who's 50 or more, a guy who lives in a city and has been for quite a while, and he doesn't have, he is such a complete, utter, and total pussy that he doesn't have the wherewithal or the information to make this decision on his own, knowing that he's probably not, you know what? Definitely vaxxed and boosted. Yeah, I'm sure. So what's going to happen? You're going to get a New Year's Eve cold from from your bowling alley experience? He's more likely to be beat to death outside of the bowling alley than anything. <laughs> he should be asking them about that. New York is more terrible than ever. So, so, so... But, like, yeah, I really do wonder what people think is going to happen if they, the healthy 40-something person or whatever, gets who's vaxxed, boosted up the Yazoo, uh, what they think that is going to happen to them if they get COVID. Well, well, right. So so tell me something. Is he asking because he wants to know because he's concerned? Or is this ask, this public ask, to all the doctors of Twitter for another reason? Um... So perhaps he wouldn't want people to think he's the type of irresponsible person who goes to a bowling alley on New Year's Eve when we're in the middle of a raging pandemic without at least checking with doctors to see if it's okay first. And he's like trying to get a read if he's going to end up on some, you know, in the New York Post as a hypocrite if he does this. Right, which shows him drunkenly drinking martinis (laughs) at the bowling alley. So... So I think you're probably right about that. He probably is saying, okay, I'm going to do send the advance tweet out so that I'm covered off when they see so me. So if everybody goes, oh my God, I cannot believe Chris Eliza would do this. This is so irresponsible. Then he's not going to do it. Masks most of the time, but not while eating. You have got to be a dumbass uh, for the ages. <laughs> To think that works. So the now COVID so, knows if you're eating or not. Right. So, so he says yes or no. And of course... People are replying as they should. One guy, Dan Stringer, SEC pimp with 8,000 viewers, says, only while eating, (laughs) which I like, which I stay. And a bunch of these people are saying, uh, no, stay inside, continue sheltering yourself. Outside, scary. Inside, safe. Wear a mask inside. Another person says, no, I just canceled. No, I just canceled my Japanese steakhouse reservations. Not going to sit around a hibachi table with others I don't know. What a bunch of pansy asses. All these people, these from New York. But so that's, that's. I do like that person who replied, it depends. Will the lane bumpers be up? (laughs) 
And the person you said, go and get a few more Vax shots before you go. Speaking of more Vax shots, controversy in Israel. The New York Times wrote about this. So, again, people who want to report us for medical misinformation. This is from the New York Times, not uh, anywhere crazy. But uh, Israel just approved... uh, or they're considering approving a fourth vaccine dose. Now, Israel's been at the forefront. They were like one of the first to approve boosters. You're not considered vaccinated. Your pass isn't green or whatever until you have the first booster. But they're ready to do the fourth. And some scientists are starting to say like, well, well, like pump the brakes a little bit. This is not like we don't have any science to support a fourth shot. Not that there's great science to support the third shot anyway, in terms of like actually serious impact from COVID. Like we know that your antibodies jump back up when you get the booster shot. But what we don't have like really good data on is like how your risk of death from COVID is impacted in the long term. So what they're saying now is that like, oh, well, the extra antibodies fade after like 10 weeks from the booster. So we need to like boost again. But the scientists are saying like, wait a minute. We don't know that just because the antibodies go down, And, like, we can get them to go back up if we give you another shot, that that's, like, actually preventing your risk of getting serious COVID. First of all, like, we don't know that the boosters, like, work that great against getting Omicron. Obviously, the initial doses don't work that great against getting Omicron. They definitely Mm -hmm. work against your risk of severe illness or death. But we're not, like, it's not clear that, I mean, obviously, people are still able to get Omicron because I know a ton of vaccinated people who've gotten Omicron now, right? Like, so so there's not, like, great evidence to support that there. But also, they're getting a little concerned. They're saying, like, there are scientists saying now, like, we can wear out your immune system if we keep, like, shooting you up with shots all these times every year. Like, in Israel, they're on their fourth shot now in less than a year. That's a lot of shots of the same thing. Right. To for your immune system to deal with and like we don't know the impacts of this and like we don't know if there's any benefit basically. Right. And I'm not I I don't know I I don't know the science on this stuff but isn't isn't the idea of a vaccination that your body learns to create an immunity? Yeah. Is that a vaccination? That's where yeah. I get the flu shot it learns to create an immunity. Right. Well, this doesn't seem like a vaccination. Yeah, it is, though, because you can still get the flu when you get a flu shot. Well, I understand right? that. I understand that. But how many of these things are we doing? Well, right. So Til- that's before the thing. Before Chris feels safe to bowl. <laughs> I know. So this is the thing. Is it like, I feel like there was good data to support that initially these were pretty good at preventing infection. That doesn't seem to be the case in the long term, which is unfortunate. It does still seem to be the case in the long term that they're pretty good at preventing severe illness and death, which is good. But, you know, it does, like, it's starting to feel a little absurd that Israel's trying to do this fourth one and that there's, like, no science on it. And that people even in Israel, which has been at the forefront of this, are saying, like, wait a minute. We don't know what a fourth one does. We don't know if it helps. We don't know if maybe it hurts. Like, we can't just 
keep giving people more and like hoping to get better results. Like it's, I'm sorry, it's too bad you wanted it to work better to start with, but like, you know, it, you can't just keep pumping more of the same into people and like hoping it works better because you wanted it to work better in the first place. So, you know, for now, I'm pretty happy with my like two shots. I have no plans to get boosted. I don't know if you're rethinking your booster plans or what. A controversy, Alice. People mad at me for talking about my booster plans. I mean, I think it's good to talk about this stuff. I think it's interesting. Yeah. I don't have strong feelings really either way on the booster for you because I know you're like at more risk for COVID or whatever. But, um, but I don't, I don't really think it's necessary even for you. Like, I don't think, you know, you're not a cancer patient with a compromised immune system or something. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't think it's like that big a deal. I also, I mean, it seems clear that people who are vaccinated and boosted and everything else are still getting COVID. So anyway. My feeling is that uh, I will probably get my booster Friday. But I haven't, I've just been entertained by, you know, yesterday I put that poll up about the booster. Um, which we canceled because today I had a, I got a, I did a shift on Newsmax. Um, and, uh, just some people were salty. Like, why are you telling us this? Keep it to yourself. Why not? Why wouldn't I tell you? I say useless crap all day on Twitter. That's exactly what Twitter is. It's useless mm -hmm. crap from Tom Shattuck. Yeah, exactly. I've never understood, I mean, for anybody, not just you right. and your booster shot. I've never understood for anybody why... I don't understand people who feel the need to comment like, why am I seeing this? No one cares. No one cares about your booster shot. Like, you can also, like, go buy. It's, like, one thing to disagree and, like, start a fight with somebody on Twitter or be like, you're ridiculous. This is crazy that you're saying this or something. You know what I mean? Like, you can have a problem with somebody on Twitter and start a fight. But it's weird to, like, complain that something's on Twitter and you don't care about it. Who cares about this? Like, I don't know. I'm not the person spending my time commenting on it. Like, why? I don't understand people, but... <sighs> uh, Local Fatso's podcast friend of the show last night was asking also uh, some important COVID medical questions, just like Chris Saliza. They wanted to know if it's okay to drink when you tested positive for COVID. Of course. <laughs> so the Maybe. poll was 100% yes. So just, you know. So it's an interesting thing here, Alice. The Mass State Police, Massachusetts State Police, mm -hmm. posted this thing. Uh, Mass State Police News. Smoking marijuana on a traffic stop is what we sometimes call a clue. And they've got a... I didn't know the State Police had their own MSP News, official news blog of the State Police. Smoking marijuana on a traffic stop is what we sometimes call a clue. At 11.11 on December 22nd, Trooper Yada Yada was on patrol in Tremont Street in Carver. Trooper noted a black Chrysler traveling 70 miles per hour. Silvera was able to catch up in the vehicle and turned on his cruiser's blue lights. When Trooper approached the car, he was inundated by marijuana smoke pouring out of the passenger side window. Keeping his distance, he identified the driver of the Chrysler as Jakeem Finley, 26 of Plymouth. As they continued their conversation, Finley started moving around in his seat and repeatedly reached for a blue bag in the passenger seat. 
for the safety of both men, Trooper Silvera asked Finley to place his hands on the steering wheel. Finley repeatedly took his hands off the wheel and reached for his pocket. Um, for Finley was handcuffed and removed from the vehicle. Now standing upright, he found a pa- the, the they found plastic baggies of cocaine, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. My question is this: Aren't you allowed to smoke uh, weed? Not while driving. In, in Massachusetts, you can't. Not while driving. No. Oh. That's driving impaired. You can't do it. Oh, okay. Well, it's going to change my commute. <laughs> oh, who knew? Sorry. And actually, it's been an issue because it's hard to do tests for, like, how intoxicated you are on weed. Like, for alcohol, that is very standardized tests for blood alcohol level and stuff. But for weed, they really don't have that. But if you're smoking while driving, that... I would say is a pretty good indicator that you're smoking while you're high. Yeah. So, mm, you know. A little bit. Uh, By the way, great. Jonah Goldberg appears to have COVID. Does he really? Speaking of everybody having COVID this week. Uh, he says he can't confirm because he can't find a test, but uh, he has had something that resembles COVID for the last 36 hours. So. Poor Jonah. Yeah, also, I'll, I'll I'm worried about Jeff Kuhner. Like, unironically concerned about him because... I checked out a, a mole with a mole I have. You did? Who knows people who says he'll be back after the new year. But well, I, I, I don't I know okay. if my mole's information is uh, rock solid. So Well, I hope he's okay because it's concerning that he's been off the air and there's no update from RKO and... He supposedly unconfirmed has COVID, but Sandy was asking people to pray for him last week. That seems like extreme. I mean, he's a morning show host of the of the AM station. In yeah, Boston, he's a talk radio host. But so, oh, too bad. Poor Jonah. Jonah technically technically a fat Alice. Yeah, but I think he's the type of person who probably is has all his shots. Probably, probably. I tried to get him on my other show, and nada, nada. It's it's interesting. Nothing from those guys at the um, the dispatch. <clears throat> and it's surprising, too, because I'd be the perfect bridge person for them to talk to. Yeah. Where I still like them. And and I was a Trump guy. Yeah. Um, but uh, but it's, it's just interesting. I was trying to get Kirk uh, S. Minahan on the show today, but uh, nothing. He's probably got a life or enjoying the... the Holiday, but I, there was. A, I, just I mean, want- I know a lot of people take this week off, and right. we choose not to because we're gluttons right. for well, punishment. Well, I'm off from TIC from the, from true. Connecticut, That's but true. I'm I'm available for other gigs. Um, but I have to take the time off because or else I'll lose the time. That's just how it works. It's just what just how it works when you're uh, a, a common street walker in, yeah, in you media. Know, Burn Barrel Podcast Enterprises does not offer a a really strong PTO offering as part of their like benefits package i have to say i've noticed that not only am i very poorly compensated but my benefits like time off and stuff are limited jonah did take a test and came out positive oh he did eventually mm-hmm. okay uh, uh yeah well i mean that's too bad i mean i i want i would like to know if we got if we've gotten it i had something about a month ago too that i was like just burned for a few days who knows I just don't know. I just don't know. Um, but um, I don't know. I, I'm so sick of it. So we ended up talking about COVID for 40 minutes when I didn't even want to. I wanted to talk to Kirk about 
people i wanted to talk to him about growing up in a rich town obviously he and i grew up in the same rich town Mm -hmm. you grew up in a rich town i was not of means like you were and and kirk was um but scrappy and survived on my wits but so the the idea was this and, and if you guys out there maybe you're like this too or maybe you didn't grow up in a rich town doesn't matter it's not about class really but it's about when you when you go when you're brought up in a rich town with other trapping of a rich town which includes like no metal detectors at high school that kind of thing right and uh no crime in the town no real crime anyway and nobody ever gets shot and uh, it's just a it's just a nice when you've got that gifted um kind of um upbringing in that kind of a town where you don't have to worry about anything like you guys, I'm sure a lot of you guys, you know, we we ran right in our neighbors' houses. Their doors weren't unlocked. Ours weren't unlocked. There was no reason. But when you grow up in a town where it's a high-dollar town and mm-hmm. all of your peers in school, not all of them, there are some people washing out, of course, but, but when you go from a town where your trajectory as a child and and you know, into your teenage years and going through high school, is to be up, 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 and precipitously after high school or after college, even your trajectory goes down. Just in the class ways that a town like Winchester wouldn't want you to. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you, you're, if you're, in other words, if you, if you're launched from a nice town where people overachieve and you are an underachiever, right? And I just wanted to see how. That felt to our people. It's funny, Alice. I ruined your life before you had a chance really even to test out your uh, adulthood. But I guess you were... You didn't ruin my life. Well, no. But, but I mean, you, you were a mother young. So you yeah. were you went right from college, really, to be, uh, to be a mother. You didn't have the years as a registered uh, and legitimate loser that I had. <laughs> so I was... How do you know I would have had those years? You're right. I don't know. I, I I don't know that you would have had those years. Well, and it's interesting because being a mom pretty young, so I had our first when I was like 23, almost 24, which is on the young side, especially now. Um, You know, I definitely felt people being weird and like judging me about that hmm. at the time, Um, especially because I like looked young. So people mm-hmm. who didn't know me thought I was like a teen mom or something. Like, I, one stranger in a store asked me how I would finish high school when she saw I was pregnant. And I was like, um, I'm 23 and I have a job and my wow. husband has a job, but wow. uh, thank you. Was like, she was she work for Planned Parenthood? What was she the... was like, are you going to finish high school and get wow, a degree? What a and I was like, um, <laughs> like just a str- somebody I didn't know, but like people feel entitled, I guess, to like comment on other people when they're pregnant. Be- yeah, that is, a, that's another topic. But anyway, but it's funny because it was really, I think the age was right around like 27 when it started to shift. And I noticed instead of like seeming to feel bad for me, girls my own age were starting to like feel jealous of me almost. Like the reaction when people found out that I had a kid who was like three or four when I was 27 was no longer like, oh, like it wasn't like they felt bad for me anymore. The reaction was more like, oh, like you must have your shit together and be like 
a real adult because you like have a kid and have bought a house and you know like i seemed more adult. well they probably also noticed the woman candy on your arm man candy no it's backwards i think no i can i don't know no man candy is for a i don't know anyway I, what really? a man has. okay you had well candy. I, don't, I don't have a lot of cause to Discuss things like that. <laughs> what? No, <laughs> really it's about know. me being handsome, Alice. Okay, well, I get your Jesus. point, but I mean, like, God. obviously, sorry people are I... very jealous that I was Sorry that I yelled you. at you for uh, reading while sorry. I'm talking. Mm. Uh, anyway, so I just, like, that was the age when it, when I feel like people started to treat me like I was more of an adult and had my life more together because I had a kid. Rather than, like, when I was 23. Oh, my God. John Madden died. Know who that is? Mm-mm. Should I? Yeah, he was a coach of this Oakland Raiders uh, Hall of Fame coach. And he was the play-by-play. He was a great play-by-play guy. Uh, he did the the X's and O's for the Pats for a Super Bowl win with Tom Brady. He suggested that they, that they go to overtime rather than try to kick it. And he was quite a character. He was afraid to fly. He took a bus around the country instead of flying. Hmm. He's a big one, Alice. That is a big one. That is a big one. You know what? Here's to John Madden. Interesting life. Wow. Anything else going on with you, Hmm. homie? Not really. I'm thinking of uh, declaring myself a Native American. I've been seeing that that's popular. Did you see this story that I sent you about it? Oh, right. A lot of people are doing that. So, yeah. Like, in the last 10 years, the number of Native Americans in the country has doubled. Yeah, because we're a bunch of jerks and want <laughs> because, to seem special. Yeah, you're not Native American. Okay, just Because stop a bunch of people have. Not you. And not only have they decided to declare that they're Native American and, like, it's been ongoing, but, like... A bunch of them feel that they've been oppressed by the country that they had to hide that they were Native American oh, and assimilated great. for so long. Uh, so so they wanna... feel that we've done violence to them, of that they considered themselves white for many years, yes. and that now they've they've had to like undo how we assimilated yeah. them against their will into our white culture. So. Oh, man. I, we should maybe get a 23andMe test, because I want to see if I'm Native American. I am you riding that baby. You probably have some. Na- I am riding that baby. First so of all, I, first I probably all, don't, because I'm... First of all, you're on my stolen land, A. <laughs> and also, um, here's another thing, is that there's a story uh, from New York St. Elementary School bands, Jingle Bells, to the song's questionable past. That's in quotes. Um, it's arguably one of the most popular holiday songs in the world. This is from WHAM. It will no longer be sung at an elementary school in New York, first reported by the online publication The Rochester Beacon. Council Rock Elementary in Brighton has decided to remove Jingle Bells from its repertoire due to the song's, quote, questionable past. It's questionable, so get rid of it. <laughs> yes. Uh, so they, they have been replaced with different songs that don't have the, quote, potential to be a controversial or offensive. The article says a factor in the decision was research published in 2017 by BU professor uh, Kina Hamill. Of course, it was BU. In her research, the song's first public performance may have occurred in a minstrel show nearly 150 years ago, where white actors performed in blackface. Blackface may have occurred in a minstrel show. The song about horses running may have been performed in a minstrel show. Where the people may have been in blackface, so that makes it um, questionable. Questionable. The past is questionable. 
The district assistant superintendent for Brighton said that uh, some suggest the use of collars on slaves with bells may be connected, may uh-huh. be connected to the origin of the song. And that even though they are not taking a stance of whether or not that is true, that line of thinking is not agreement, not in agreement with the district beliefs. So Jingle Bells, is it not the one written in Medford? Um, I don't know about that. I thought that was uh, over the Medford river. proudly bills itself as a birthplace of Jingle Bells. Okay. Uh, the plaque on the side of the optician's office asserts Pierpont wrote the song in 1850 inside what was then Simpson Tavern, inspired by the boister- boisterous sleigh rides that raced down Salem Street. So not slave collars. Exactly. And also, there were, were I there believe... a lot of slave collars in 19th century? Was Michigan? there a lot of slavery in Massachusetts in 1850? I would say not, generally. Correct. <laughs> oh, God. Just <laughs> shut the f*** up, you... God. So sick of it. Sorry, Alice. All right. But it does say in the Wikipedia article that you're also reading from that the song was first performed at Ordway Hall in Boston by blackface minstrel performer Mm -hmm. Johnny Pell. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my. Can you imagine that? What was happening in 1850? What were the general, what was the theater like? What else associated with a performance in Boston should now be banned as well, including theaters, including acting, including actors, including people named Johnny, including people named Bell, including anybody in the 42nd parallel. Uh, you know, what a, you can draw a line to this forever. By the way, that Boston, Massachusetts, by train, was connected to just about every other city in the United States of America, which indicts all of them as well because there's a connection. To the minstrel where the singing, singing might have had the black face about the bells, about the slave. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. Oh, God. Yeah, Alice. Geez. We're not quitting drinking this week. Sorry. About that. <laughs> Freaking had a, a Maybe total... we're the first of the year. <sighs> we'll do a little bit of a dry January. I don't know. Let us know your drinking plans or not drinking plans this week. Uh, Tom can't make it through the week without it. But uh, you can find us on Twitter at Burn Barrel Pod. Uh, we are also at Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast, Burn Barrel Podcast.com. You can shoot us an email, Burn Barrel Podcast at gmail.com. And you can find our show wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Um, that's it. <laughs> you ran out of stuff. <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.